Good morning. I'm Donna Quinn, and for the next half hour, you'll be listening to Talk of Our Towns. Today, we'll be talking about a gem, a jewel, an organization here in the Pacific Northwest, which helps our wildlife. We'll be talking about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. And today in the studio, I have the executive director, Josh Sarampa. Josh, welcome. Thanks for having us. So glad you're here. And we also have in the studio Pauline Baker. Pauline has not been on the program before. Pauline is the rehabilitation coordinator and the clinic manager for the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. Hi, Pauline. Hello. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing more about you today. Mm -hmm. um, before we talk about the Wildlife Center of the North Coast, what you're doing, um, all your, your programs, an upcoming open house in May, um, and the fact that it is baby season right now, um, let's hear a little bit about each of you. So, Josh, please tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, well, um, I'm a third-generation Astorian. I went to Astoria High School. My whole family's from this area. I uh, started back uh, at the Wildlife Center volunteering at 16 years old back in 2000. And, uh, boy, what is that, 2008? <laughs> um, started at 16 years old as a volunteer, scrubbing cages, you know, getting bit and pooped on by the animals. Um, and then fell in love with the place and the mission pretty quickly and when I turned 18 I tested for and received my state of Oregon wildlife rehabilitation permit and became kind of the unofficial uh, assistant rehabilitator on a volunteer basis under our founder uh, and longtime director Charnel Fee um, and then you know I of course took a little hiatus from the wildlife center and went to school and worked a couple of odd, of odd jobs while volunteering on the weekends um, came back in 2014 on a full-time volunteer basis and uh, our founder and longtime director Charnel became pretty ill and passed away in the end at the end of 2015 uh, where I was appointed executive director and you're a nonprofit uh, nonprofit 501c3 mm -hmm. so you have a board of directors yep. And you're the executive director, and you have been for almost four years now. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my fourth year. I'm doing an amazing job. I mean, oh, a you. homegrown Astorian, I love it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yes, you're doing a superb job, Josh, and uh, we'll hear a little bit more about mm -hmm. what you do and, and the Wildlife Center in a minute. And Pauline, please tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so my background is um, I have a degree in fisheries and wildlife sciences from Oregon State University. Um, and how I got into wildlife rehabilitation is in order to fulfill your degree at Oregon State, you need to fulfill an intense in internship. And um, to fulfill my degree, I did an internship at a rehabilitation center down in Southern California. And um, from there, I got a, offered a full-time position, so that was kind of the start of my career in wildlife rehabilitation. Before that, I was more on like a population scale and more conservation and research-based. So it was actually nice coming, having that background coming into wildlife rehabilitation because it also helps me aid in how to come up with treatment plans, how to um, include the animal's natural history in all of our treatments, so it actually... Um, decreases stress because the more you create more of a natural environment and a obviously abnormal environment for them, the more comfortable they can become and it reduces stress, which could potentially increase your survival rate of the animals that you intake. So understanding their habitat and where they're, how they're comfortable, that's, that's really wise. Mm -hmm. Did you grow up in Oregon? Yes, I'm from, the, from Portland, so I'm mm -hmm. a Pacific Northwest native. Um, mm -hmm. I did not really like Southern California, so I ended up coming back here, and I'm really happy. So. And so you have now been with the Wildlife Center of the North Coast for how long? For about a year and a half now. I started in fall of 2017. And 
what does that mean? I mean, we'll talk more about the organization, but what does it mean when you are a rehabilitation coordinator and when Josh talked about getting his certification mm -hmm. as a wildlife rehabilitator? What does that mean? You have to have a certain background of knowledge. Yes, yeah, so in order to be a licensed wildlife rehabilitator, um, you have to get a permit, so that's what Josh has. So I kind of act under his permit, so I'm kind of a sub-permittee. And um, what I do is I facilitate from intake to release all of the wild animals we intake. So I come up with treatment plans. I work with our veterinarians um, because in order to be a wildlife rehabilitation center, you have to work with a licensed um, veterinarian in order to come up with the best practices and best treatment plans for the animals that you intake. Excellent. It sounds like it sounds like it's stuck. It sounds like you kind of like it. Oh, I absolutely love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm hooked. That's great. <laughs> so okay, point. so you are in conservation in a different way mm -hmm. than maybe mm -hmm. you'd expected. Yeah, and it, and along with that, it comes with an educational. So anytime we admit an animal, we're not naive to think that like one animal doesn't have a population impact really, but we could educate that person that brought in that animal or the scenario that that animal was brought in on, we can educate the public on how to prevent that in the future. So kind of um, teaching this coexistence with the public is very important in, and also very important in a part of our mission. So, And I'll kind of add, um, prior to hiring, hiring Pauline back in 2017, I worked full-time rehabilitation, full-time uh, executive director, and I wasn't, neither of those two jobs as being, um, it's really hard to do two full-time jobs 100% uh, well, right? Um, so we hired her, and so really, she's not just facilitating intake and release. I mean, she's truly the hands-on care person making all the treatment calls uh, for these animals, supervising all of the volunteers. Um, we have plans to get her license as a rehabilitator um, so that we have two of us, so I have a backup, kind of like Isla Charnel's backup. Um, uh, but yeah, so she's, I mean, she's really our clinic right, manager. Because she's you actually, and that's right. So let's describe for people who are just l listening for the first time, um, what is the wildlife center of the North coast? Sure. Yeah. So the wildlife center is a nonprofit wildlife hospital, essentially. So, um, I explain it, how I explain it to children, which I'll not make it so simple, but, um, when you, you know, we are not only. A hospital but we are the rehabilitation center afterwards because these animals don't just get a, a, a cast on their leg essentially like a human would with a broken leg and then get sent home um, if this animal is now in our care for a long time they have to be rehabilitated in a way uh, that they can function fully in the wild again so as a rehabilitation facility we are the ER so we take these animals in fresh after being hit by a car and we are treating those issues for instance so red-tailed hawk comes in hit by a car head trauma fractured wing we have to treat head trauma fractured wings sometimes they're starving so we have to treat that issue as well um, then they're inside for say two weeks with um, so they're atrophying right their muscles are so we have to put them out to an enclosure get them flighted, get those muscles built back up, make sure they can hunt sometimes, make sure they can turn around obstacles. Uh, because if they can't function in the wild, we're not, um, we shouldn't release it back because it will suffer and perish in the end. Mm -hmm. So really, um, we are, I mean, yeah, we're a wildlife hospital and rehabilitation facility. Um, but the Wildlife Center of the North Coast is more than that. We um, are also an education facility. We do education to the public on conservation and, and uh, nature uh, topics. Um, we have the internships, so we do, you know, schooling, kind of educating, um, 
but we're also, uh, as a rehabilitation center, we're the only facility on the Oregon coast currently, uh, and we're also the only seabird specialty facility in all of Oregon presently. So we're the only place that, you know, all the seabirds in Oregon go to currently. Um, our geographic zone is all of southwest Washington, so the Long Beach Peninsula, sometimes up to like Ocean Shores, all the way down to Newport, Oregon, and sometimes further if we can get help for those animals. So we cover somewhere around 200 miles of coast. And we go inland a little bit as well. And so you have acreage where you have where you uh, rehabilitate and where you have your hospital facility, <coughs> um, and uh, and mostly that you deal with pelagic pelagic yeah um, birds which are of the sea of the mm-hmm. water of the ocean, um, and so you have a big. Uh, it's not really an aviary. It's really like a it's a big water yeah place where they can fly to and what do you call it well so we have we have multiple different styles of enclosure i guess you could say so we do have um like you mentioned we're a pelagic facility so we specialize in pelagic species or seabirds um we have 105 acres a state-of-the-art wildlife hospital and then we have about somewhere around 20 outdoor enclosures um we have everything from a 155 foot long flight cage which has a couple of pools in it. That's our pelican flight cage. So it's big, long, wide for these pelicans to really get good flight. Um, Everything down to a 10 by 10 small enclosure that we can put smaller animals or ducklings in or something. Um, And then we also have our four filtered pelagic pools, we call them. They're uh, outdoor conditioning pools. So our birds that come in, say uh, a common loon comes in, they need to be on water 24 hours, uh, otherwise develop secondary issues. We bring them in, put them in a pool outside, let them kind of um, waterproof, waterproof, acclimate to being back outdoors. And essentially, most of the uh, wildlife that comes to you is injured because of human activity. A lot of them, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's a that's a large part of it. The national average is about seventy percent of uh, intakes in the nation for wildlife rehabilitation centers are because of human impacts. Mm-hmm. So it's a high percentage of. And a lot of people don't really understand what human impact really means. So we see hit by car, for sure. We see animals that were shot intentionally, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Cat caught, that's a human impact because cats are not native predators or not natural Mm -hmm. predators. Um, Window strike birds, things that slam into your window, that's a human-caused issue. Fishing line entanglement, plastic ingestion, we see it all. Dry docked on Mm -hmm. roads, like with grebes that think the roads are water when it's wet. And then we see a lot of things. You know, we do see territorial disputes between other animals, bald eagles fighting. We see animals coming in starving, which, you know, we could assume that maybe it's because there's not a lot of food out there because of climate change or overfishing or whatever, but we can't directly link it. Sure. But, um, yeah, we certainly see a a lot of our animals are coming in. And and at the moment you have a beaver out there, right? Yeah, Yeah, hit by car. Hit by car. Okay. Oh, yeah. and and the prognosis for the beaver is guarded, very guarded, <laughs> guarded yeah. right now. Okay. Yeah, she's she's going in for X-rays today. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly, but she's got some so respiratory issues going on. Developed a she's respiratory not infection. Very good. Mm, that's so, hard. But yeah. it's so. Well, I know it's so rewarding when you're able to rehabilitate injured wildlife and send them back into, mm-hmm. you know, into the world, which gives all of us mm-hmm. so much joy to see wildlife and interact with all of these, um, all of these creatures and um who are our brothers and sisters as the as the indigenous people recognized a long time ago um and so a lot of gulls too you get a lot of seagulls uh, but wait see i just said seagulls and josh has <laughs> educated me um that not all gulls are seagulls yeah in fact there's no such thing as a seagull in fact there is no such thing as a seagull <laughs> mm-hmm. okay so but we just do that why do we do that why do we just say it's easy it's easy to lump them together you know just like uh 
I mean, I can't really think of every, you know, when you look at little birds on the beach, they're all sandpipers, right? Right. Which there is such thing as a sandpiper, but, you know, there's birds out there that are in Dunlin, and people call those sandpipers. Or, you sure, know, of just, course, it's, yeah. It's an easy way for people that don't necessarily know all the different species. I don't even, and I have a hard time. And they all kind of cohabitate yeah. together, so it's easy yeah, to lump them Yeah, that's right, together. and gulls can look alike, but they and they're, and they they're very clever birds, and mm-hmm. I just I just got this great book from Lucy's Books, Must See Birds of the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. has little puffins on the front, and... Um, 85 Unforgettable Species, Their Fascinating Lives and How to Find Them. Um, and they talk about different kinds of gulls. Mm-hmm. So there is no such thing as a seagull. That's that's an important thing to know. You also provide volunteer opportunities, and you have some volunteer opportunities. So what kinds of volunteers could you be, um, would you be interested in right now? Uh, we're looking, I mean, we'll take just about anything. Um, volunteers come and go um, just because it's a volunteer commitment. Uh, we're we're moving into baby season, so baby birds, mammals are going to be we're going to be pretty busy this spring. We expect, okay. um, so we're needing people that are willing to come in and help with the feeding, um, the the baby feeding and rearing. Uh, it's a pretty intensive responsibility because right. you have to feed them every half an hour, and it's nice to have someone delegated to that mm-hmm. for at least a, we are. And ideally, it would be for like a four-hour block sure. period of mm-hmm. something or a shift. So right, yes. exactly. So, this, so this is a really so. Your is your busiest season the spring when all, when suddenly people unfortunately <laughs> take babies and then yeah. Don't know what to do with I them. mean, certainly spring, summer, early fall, mm-hmm. late fall. We have kind of a long baby season. Very because, long baby um, season. We deal with like the the songbirds or the passerines first and then in the late summer we have um, an influx of common mirrors because they're all fledging from haystack rock or along the oregon Mm. coast Mm. so our baby season runs all the way into maybe what would you say late september early october Mm -hmm. is when we're releasing our final group of baby birds and i have seen a lot more canada geese here and and also there's no such thing as a canadian goose all geese from canada are canadian geese but there's actually the species name is actually canada goose mm-hmm. right so but i've seen a lot more of the canada geese here and um over the last years yeah i i can't really speak to that so much. Yeah. i know that a lot of them over winter even yes now, yeah but, exactly so but, but yeah so we're looking i mean to kind of get back to your volunteer question yes. we're always looking for hands-on animal care volunteers um, we're always looking for transport volunteers people willing to be on our list um say okay we have a bird down at the Maritime Museum, will someone go pick it up and bring it to us? And so we'll call people on our Astoria list. Are you able to go down to the Maritime Museum? They say no, we move to the next person on the list. And so we're always looking to add people to that list so that we have a good um, kind of right. roster of people to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, maintenance volunteers, people willing to come out and help put new fence boards up on enclosures or... Maintenance of enclosures. Yeah, maintenance of all of our enclosures. Okay. So outdoor maintenance volunteers. Um, so here are some volunteer opportunities for, for, for folks. I mean, um, if you can uh, pick up an injured bird or an um, injured wildlife, um, because that's what happens. You get a call from a citizen, typically, mm-hmm. and someone says, oh, there's this wounded pelican or there's this animal hobbling or there's something is happening. And then you need to find a way to get that that um, animal to you Mm -hmm. so that and then maintenance and enclosures and feeding like you said the babies and we're going to talk about the babies a lot in the second half of this program so if you've just tuned in you're listening to talk of our towns i'm your host donna quinn and today in the studio we have the executive director of the wildlife center of the north coast josh sarampa and also pauline baker who is the rehabilitation rehabilitation coordinator (laughs) and the clinic manager for the wildlife center of the north coast um, so, uh, 
baby season. And then I also want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the educational things that, that you do and, and the open house. But now we're in baby season. What are the biggest challenges for folks to know about during this season? Um, kind of educating people on when is the time to intervene. So really what we want people to do, if you see a baby bird on the ground, to give us a call first before taking action, because sometimes uh, some birds spend a period of time after they fledge from the nest. It's a very brief period of time, maybe between two to five days, where they're on the ground kind of hopping around. The parents feed them from above and actually protect them from above. It's not ideal because there are cats and predators, sure. but unfortunately we don't want to just unnecessarily orphan this bird because the risk of predators, because unfortunately that's just a reality they have to deal with and they have to kind yes. of... Part of their learning process. Part of their learning mm -hmm. process is to evade predators. So um, if you do find a baby bird, the main thing that we ask is just give us a call and we can kind of ask you questions and then figure out if this is a case that we need to intervene or if this is a case maybe check back out, check the bird in an hour if it's still there then give us a call back. But if it's gone or hopping around still, alert and active, then that tells me that the mom's feeding it. And if you hear something squawking above you, that's the parent <laughs> telling you, hey, get away from my baby. So Yes. There, you know, and, and I didn't mention this earlier, but um, we take in all manner of wildlife. So we take in most native, uh, native animals, <laughs> most native mammals, and um, all native birds. So everything from little hummingbirds up to bald eagles, pelicans. Um, so... You know, also, not only when you see a little bird hopping around, should you call us first, but if you find um, a nestling, you know, a little naked thing that's not feathered yet, give us a call before you take that thing home. Because mm -hmm. um, a lot of the time we're going to say, do you see a nest? Is the bird injured or is it, you know, relatively alert as a, you know, little baby bird it can be? Um, and if you see a nest and can reach it, put it back. Because, you know, one of the common myth is that mom won't take it back after you touch it, which... Um, she will. Um, they can't birds, really smell very much. Yep, so. most birds don't have a sense of smell, so they don't. Mom doesn't know she's gonna care for her baby either way. Um, and then same thing with mammals. You know, we get a lot of brush rabbit uh, calls, baby brush rabbits, where people will find this nest of babies abandoned because there's no mother. Well, fact is, mom feeds in the morning, leaves all day for the most part. They stay. Mom comes back and feeds at night. Um, so we we have techniques to walk people through on how to okay put the baby back. You know, we have techniques to make sure so they can make sure mom is coming back uh, to check on that nest. So anytime you find a baby animal, regardless of whether it's naked or feathered, uh, we always recommend giving us a call first so we can walk through the situation. And we can kind of assess whether or not we need to intervene. Mm -hmm. Right, because that is, and I know we, we hear messages. In fact, Joanne does on the ship report. You know, if you see a baby seal on the beach... Mm -hmm. Leave it alone. I mean, don't. So I, people mean well. However, then they may be, uh, unfortunately, um, creating, you know, a very dangerous situation where that animal could die if mm -hmm. they if they intervene. So mm -hmm. so if you have if you find any injured wildlife of any type um, and you don't know it, call the Wildlife Center North Coast. And that number, by the way, is 503-338-0331. So 338-0331. And. They will help you because you have somebody answering that phone 24 hours. Well, no. So Not we do really have set hours. hours that we okay. answer the phone. What are the hours? Um, hours are 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. 9 to 5.30. Um, but we always, you know, there's instructions on their answering machine. If you reach this at a time where we're not able to answer the phone right now, because, you know, we do have only a few people answering the phone during the day. And if they're busy handling wildlife, sure, then we, we answer. We'll call back. 
Um, so we do have set hours with really strict instructions on, you know, if you find an animal and you reach this message after our business hours, um, place the animal. I mean, obviously, if it's, you know, 9 p.m., you don't get a hold of us and there's a naked bird on the ground and we haven't talked to you, probably need to get to us because you don't know. Um, so we do put instructions to put an animal um, in a ventilated cardboard box, warm, quiet location overnight, not feed it um, or water it overnight. Um, sometimes we're there late and we'll get those calls. Um, but for the most part, only because we, we, we set hours because we got to a point where we were answering the phone until well, 9 p.m. Well, that's right, and the animals because you're busy care. actually there, too. Mm -hmm. So, But still, always make the call yeah, or you know, call. educate yourself about it. And, and speaking about education, what are some of the programs that the Wildlife Center does? Uh, so we offer, um, we offer in-school programs, different classes, you know, teachers. I mean, most of our programs do, we do ask for a fee for them um, uh, to cover, you know, the cost of caring for these animals and, and to do the program. But we do in-school programs where we go out. Um, if we're lucky, we'll have a live animal to bring to show the class. Uh, we'll talk natural history. We'll talk wildlife rehabilitation. We'll um, talk conservation issues. Um, we do, you know, programs that, like, say state parks and national parks um to the community same thing right. and you all have had a, you've been at the sunday market mm -hmm. i know before mm -hmm. and we used to have a booth there yet right and you have kind of and you have some summer camps mm -hmm. coming up and uh let's talk about the summer camps and yeah. also an open house in may yeah so our, uh we have summer camps coming up this summer it's our first year ever kind of our our flagship test in the waters to see if this is something the community is interested in um we're going to be setting those dates here in the next uh, really in the next couple weeks we'll have dates set and, and start advertising for that. Um, we're looking to, you know, we're going to be hoping to shoot for um, one week, four days or so for age ranges, you know, like first through third grade-ish. We haven't decided which of those ages we want to really do first. Okay. Um, but we're going to be focusing on, it'll be on our property, talking about habitats and adaptations for habitats. Um, and so it's our first, there's really not a lot of things... A lot of camps like that around here available to students, um, so we see a kind of value in that. Um, so yeah, that, it's going to be our first one. Um, That's very be advertising exciting. On our Facebook. Very exciting. Um, I think. Paper. Yeah, families and, so. and parents are always looking for opportunities to have their children out in the natural world, learning right. about the natural yeah. world. And uh, but yeah, and then we also have our um, open house coming up uh, again. We'll be setting those dates here. Uh, by the end of this week, I'll have dates figured out, and that'll be for May, sometime in May. Uh, it's a two-day, one-weekend come out and get a tour of our property. We have a, we'll have a crafts booth for kids with nature, you know, um, eco-friendly crafts. Um, we're going to be trying to do another plant sale. i got to figure that one out still. But mm -hmm. um, we did a native plant sale last year, and then we'll be raffling off a couple different items as well. Well, this is kind of a big deal that you're doing this open house because you're, you're not really open to the public because you're busy doing There's oh, There are only just a few of you, and mm -hmm. you're busy doing the, the, the hard work of rehabilitating the wildlife. So mm -hmm. um, this is a rare opportunity. So that's very exciting. So as soon as we know those dates, mm -hmm. we will get that on our community calendar and Absolutely. let people know about the open house in May. And then um, we, you know, we talked about volunteer opportunities there you also have internships mm -hmm. yeah so um we offer interns to or internships to um students that are over 18 years of age and um that and you learn all skills that are incorporated in wildlife rehabilitation last year we had a couple of students from oregon state and they actually got college credits for fulfilling their internships so um if you work with your college, you could potentially get credits for interning. However, we unfortunately 
cannot offer housing or payment, but the skills that you learn are invaluable and you could potentially, I mean, that's how I got into this career. So it's completely feasible to, doing an internship is the best way to kind of dive into wildlife rehabilitation. Yes, it is. And I'll give you the information. It's just really for me, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to find out if this is a career right. for you because it, it definitely is not for everyone but right. it takes a special person it takes right? a special yeah. kind of person but there are those folks thank you so much we're so glad there are mm-hmm. and then the other thing we didn't really talk about the fact that you also actually offer private tours for families you also have educational tours talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that please yeah Josh. so part of our education program is we do educational tours so we have like online school groups come out to do tours where we talk wildlife rehabilitation natural history and also give a tour of our facility um, we do charge a fee for those educational tours um, because we're looking at you know we actually it takes a little bit longer to actually do the education program in uh, with it but uh, we do private tours of our our facility Um, they have to be scheduled Um, we don't charge a fee necessarily we do recommend uh, there's a requested donation you know um, of ten dollars you know or whatever you want to give (laughs) uh, per family Um, it's not required but you know um, something we kind of uh, figure out while we're scheduling the tour but yeah we'll do uh, up to around five six people for just a private tour which is a quick this is our facility this is what we do to help people really understand who we are what we do and see our facility because a lot of people when they find birds even they drop it off and they don't that's all they know is dropping it off they don't know the process the animal goes right. through so it's really nice yes. for us to be able to explain that yeah. process um so yeah we you know you call that number or if you go on our website or our facebook and message us or email us we can schedule Right. I was, yes, very fortunate to be out there several years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you had a deer at the time that you were rehabilitating, sure. a fawn. And, uh, and, uh, and don't you have some resident birds. We have a few. We have three resident birds at this time. We right. have a kestrel falcon, a double-crested cormorant, and a screech owl. Right. A screech owl. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we now, all right, so now we have talked about the fact that there are volunteer opportunities, inter- internship opportunities. There will be the open house, the summer camps, um, the baby birds, so important, this information mm-hmm. about the babies. And um, so now we're at the point where we only have a few minutes left, and I want to give each of you a chance to say any last thing to the listening audience that maybe we didn't talk about or that you'd like them to know. Yeah, um, I mean, just as any nonprofit, we're a nonprofit. We rely on public donation um, in order for us to do what we do. Uh, we are in our 22nd year of operation here in Astoria, and we are super grateful and, and honored, really, to have this super supportive community um, that has enabled us to care for the wildlife the way we have. Uh, we are a growing facility. You know, in the past four years, we've added, been able to actually add staff to our organization. Otherwise, it was, or prior to that, it was all volunteer. And the staff has really helped us to um, enhance our rehabilitation practices and our education programs to um, be the best that we could possibly be. So we encourage people to check us out, uh, go online, consider making a donation, um, because you know it takes money to bring these animals right. to the vet and to feed them and and to provide these educational programs um, to the youth and adults alike. Um, so that's, I mean, that's kind of my Well, thing. and it's the need is growing, actually, yeah. because as we have more visitation to the North Coast, we already know we have issues with um, traffic in the summer. We have issues with um, with trash disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, and trash can be a problem for, for, oh, yeah. for birds and for wildlife, too, mm-hmm. improper disposal of trash. So th- as there's much more, um, you know, human impact in this area, which there is, um, it's not the quiet little town that it was, you know, 15 years ago um and you used to see i used to see tons of raccoons i don't see as many anymore but um 
so the need is growing, mm-hmm. and so and you go, and the wildlife center of the of the North Coast has been a little under the radar. Mm-hmm. Now I think there's more of a high profile. People are beginning to notice. You have a you now have a fundraiser. You know. Um, that you do in the fall, and and now again with having an open house, that's great. Um, Pauline, any last things you'd like the Lizzie Heights to know? Uh, I just want to stress with volunteering, we offer at all different types of levels. So if you're a little nervous about handling animals, we start you off slow. It's dishes and laundry first, so it's at all different levels, whatever your capacity is, we can fit you in there. Yeah, and, and especially if you start laundry dishes and you never want to touch a bird, you just want to do that animal care support, we call it. That's That's fine fine. because that's a huge role, um, and we work at your pace and your speed. Yes, and it's just, I mean, I just think the people that I've talked to who have volunteered there have felt so happy about being able to do that, to be around such good folks in a beautiful environment, helping wildlife. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been just amazing. So thank you both so much for everything you're doing. (laughs) and um, Pleasure as always. Absolutely. Check out the Wildlife Center of the North Coast. Um, They have a website. You can also give them a call, again, if if you're interested in scheduling a private tour, um, if you have questions about internship or volunteer opportunities, or uh, the summer camp information will be coming out soon. And that's 503-338-0331. Thank you both so much. We didn't even get a chance to talk about some of the most amazing stories you have with wildlife. So we'll do that next time. Yeah, we'll do that next Next time. time. (laughs) All right. I want to thank so much Dylan (laughs) Hauserschulk. You say good it. enough. That's I say that's a passable Hauser Schulk. Hauser Schulk. <laughs> okay, Dylan Hauser Schulk, who's amazing, um, and uh, for engineering today, and also my gratitude to local talented banjo instructor Michael Bruin for his original theme music for this program. Until next week, take a moment. Right now, actually, take this moment right now to take a deep breath. so good for body mind and spirit and in today's crazy world where there's just a lot of activity it's very calming and very good for us to do this for our health and well-being and then focus on the things that are going well in your life there will always be those things that don't go well but focus with gratitude on the things that are going well and then give yourself a loving and compassionate hug or a pat on the back for being uniquely you the only one and for doing the best you can because everybody really is um for being here now, in this moment, on the amazing planet we call Earth. <laughs>